You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the podcast. Hope y'all are doing great out there. Plenty to get to ahead on this episode of Locked On Utes. Brian, give them a little bit of a tease of where we're going ahead on today's show. Jake, we're going where no Utah podcast has ever gone before. We asked a question on Twitter, and we're going to read and respond to the answers. What a great idea, right? The most original idea of ideas ever. But hey, it's it's a topical conversation, and I really want to know what the pulse of the University of Utah fan base is, so we're going to ask them what the key to this season is and debate that a little bit. We also want to talk uh, about some off-the-field goings-on here in college football. Uh, there's always still ranking season to discuss, and there may be something really good cooking at the end of this episode. Good cooking, there's no doubt about that. We'll dig into all of that. Today's title sponsor on the podcast is our good friends at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. All right, without further ado, let's have some fun. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for August 3rd, 2021. Once again, this is the Locked On Utes podcast, your daily podcast focused on all things University of Utah Athletics. I'm Jay Catch. That across from me digitally is my good friend Brian Brown, my fearless co-host, the brown bear in the chair himself. Brian, how is your day going? Well, Jake, it's later in the evening and I'm just finishing up my dinner, so that tells you a little bit about how Monday was, and that's a good thing, right? Because that means fall camp's around the corner. Brown Bear's got to get all his dealings in order so that Brown Bear can get ready to go to practice and get those quotes just for you. Yeah, uh, you and I are both planning to be at Utah Media Availability tomorrow when things begin, and looking forward to it. I think this is going to be a really fun fall camp. And I let's, let's acknowledge right off the top here, Brian, that the first two weeks of fall camp hold most of the storylines, and then after that it's kind of a slog until you actually get to game week. And that just kind of traditionally happens with every fall camp. But our goal here on the podcast is to keep you guys apprised of every minutia, every single tidbit we can come up with along the way because we do a daily podcast. So if you guys don't mind, please hit that follow button. Make sure you join us every single day. And we promise to keep you entertained, if nothing else, right? That's all we're here for, Jake, is entertainment. If you're looking for some sort of sustenance for your soul, probably better off to find a chicken soup book or something like that. Or go try the new nuggets at Popeye's, something like that. Ooh. Yes. I still have not tried those. I hear they're absolutely delightful, though. So, I've heard they use the same recipe for the nuggets that they use for the chicken. Ooh, okay. I like that. Well, I'm going to get out there and try those in the relatively near future. But in the meantime, let's talk a little Utah football. We threw it out on Twitter yesterday at Locked On Utes. Please follow us if you don't mind. Love interacting with you guys. Threw it out on Twitter and said, what is your biggest question mark heading into fall camp? And obviously on the eve of Camp Kyle beginning, it's a pertinent question. And we had a number of responses I thought that were good jumping off points for different discussion points. So let's start here, Brian. One that I uh, I was intrigued by the response we got, and it's this one. Jaron Kump, what's his health status, and will he be back running gassers with the DB soon? Ceiling is infinite with him. 
the legend of Jaron Kump. Somebody had to fill in for Lakifo too, right? With the feats of of strength and athleticism that are unbeknownst to common men. Uh, it's impressive that he's fast. Like, I'm not going to lie, because he's a big, large human being. Uh, for him to move that way is, look, we're defying physics with every footstep. But maybe that's part of the reason why he's injured, uh, is he probably shouldn't be running with the DBs. He can run with the rest of the offensive linemen this, this fall. But I don't know that we're going to get an answer to that on Wednesday. Probably not, but... Hopefully you would hear something eventually down the road. Uh, that comes in from Kevin Lewis, by the way, at Dr. Ute Fan. Uh, the, the one thing about Jaron Kump, and I look at Jaron Kump, and he looks every bit of a future offensive lineman, despite being a relatively young man in terms of his eligibility. I know he served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ, of Latter-day Saints, all that jazz. So he's an older kid with regards to his overall age, but still very young in his football playing career at the collegiate level. If and when he returns to the lineup, I am looking forward to seeing him, and I think he is essentially going to be a lockdown left tackle whenever he is cleared. I think that's going to be the real big question mark is who's going to start at left tackle. If you have a still not quite clear Jaron Kump or he's got to gradually work his way back into camp, do you maybe put Simi Muala or Bam Olaseni there at the left tackle position? We've heard Kyle Whittingham talk throughout the offseason about Bam and his expectations for him as the left tackle. Uh, Steve Bartle was on the radio the other day speaking about how he feels like Bam could be an all-conference selection at left tackle. So that's going to be the real question mark. I, I, I wish that we had some sort of insider information right now, but to be honest with you, the first week of fall camp, I don't think even the coaches really know that. And we're going to get a depth chart at some point, but that depth chart is basically going to tell us nothing. Yes. <laughs> That's a very, very good point. A similar question coming in, uh, it's a related question from Quinn Stufflebeam at QBeam Stuff on Twitter. Will we have an O-line that can pass protect? That's a very valid question, uh, Mr. Quinn. I think this offensive line is going to surprise some folks, Brian. I think they have heard a lot of the the racket about them not being as good as they needed to be, the overrated talent, as it were. I'm expecting this offensive line to take that to heart. I know that Jim Harding will be hard on them to really get after it. I'm expecting a market improvement when we see them finally on the field. Yeah, and I would counter that question with a question for Quinn as well. Do you have a quarterback who can get the ball out in time and get it out to receivers that are actually open? That's the best part about the passing game or the throw game, as Kyle Whittingham likes to say, is it's not just one person or one group that causes the success, right? It's a chain, and the chain starts with the wide receivers getting open, the QB delivering that football, and then in order for the QB to deliver the football, the offensive line has to block, and so it's all a cohesive unit. Will the wide receivers be able to get off the jam? Will they be able to get downfield, get open, run clean routes? That's a big question mark, right? How do you use Brant Keithy? Are you going to throw to him deep? Are you going to try and do those mid to deeper level uh, passing routes? Are you going to try and go underneath early to Britton Covey? There are so many circumstances that surround this, and I, I know that all my friends out there are thinking, well, he's dancing around the, the offensive line question because he's an offensive lineman. And yeah, uh, there is a degree to that, but there's also some football sense behind it because if I only have to block for a second, I'm going to be a great blocker. There's no doubt about that. Uh, One final serious one here, and apologies, we're not going to get to all of them ahead on today's show. We'll get to as many as we can, though. This is coming in from Utah Spider saying, who do you guys think will be the mayor of Sac Lake City this year? 
Jake, do you do you have a candidate that you're supporting? See, this I'm, I'm kind of going with I, what I, I guess you go with the chalk. I'm picking Mika Tafua, but I think it's going to be a relatively tight race. I think that's a pretty safe bet on your part, and I would throw my support behind Mika Tafua fully for the next mayor of Sac Lake City. Yeah, I just I, I don't necessarily think he's going to like be light years ahead of the other guys, but I do think he ends up leading the team and being that mayor, so called. Now, for the, some of the goofy ones here, Brian, real quick, um, uh, at Ch- Corey underscore Cheech, who's going to start at the two safety positions? Okay, well we uh, that's a serious question, but then he adds this: Thanks, fellas, and mostly Brown Bear, but no offense, Hatchy. LOL. I'm not trying. I'm trying not to take offense, but you know what? I my feelings are hurt just a little bit. That's okay, Jake. They just don't know you like I know you. We'll get them there. We'll it's get okay. them there. It's okay. It's everybody's on a growth tra- trajectory this year. The offensive line, the Brown Bear, the Utah, the Locked On Utes fans that are listening, we're all gonna grow and expand, and and wow, we're gonna go down to the bottom of this and we're gonna go all the way to the White House. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Nicely done. Uh, this coming in from Swat Mary. Does the cost for the Pac-12 championship rings come out of the general fund or the athletics budget? I mean, that's a great question. I guess we'll have something we'll have to look into this this uh, this season. We'll, when... we'll, we'll consult the sources and try and find out for you there, Swap Mary. Yeah. And I, I, if only there was somebody who was like close to the university that had some keys that could get us into some doors up there. I don't know if Swat Mary knows anybody like that. Whatever. <laughs> and one final one here. This is another goofy one. Uh, at G underscore ham 83. How many times will I hear, quote, turn the page from my father-in-law as he yells at un- Andy Ludwig for running the ball on every first and second down? A lot. It's, it's look. I don't even want it. We're gonna have to call up BetOnline.ag and get some real calculation on some odds there, because it's gonna be a lot. And your father-in-law is not wrong. They're either gonna run the ball or they're gonna throw it. So with two of those options, we might have to turn the page and invent a couple new plays. Uh, no, but Utah's always been very diverse in the run game. So I, I think uh, maybe what we'll do is we'll throw out some uh, some preseason education about what a run play is to help you out with the father-in-law. How's that sound? That would probably be very helpful, especially in this case. So thanks to all of you who have responded. Maybe we get to some more of these tomorrow ahead of fall camp opening. But thank you, thank you for your guys' response. It's good to hear from you guys. Coming up momentarily, though, we're going to take a little bit of a philosophical approach to a topic I think that's going to affect all of college football, despite it not originating in the Pac-12. We'll dig into that in just a moment. First, though, let's talk. As Brian mentioned already, our good friends over at betonline.ag. Brian, you and I both know they are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action because they simply just want to take care of you as a sports better. And we talk about it all the time, Jake. They're great about it. Maybe we can actually talk to them about getting some odds sent, uh, set on how many times uh, G. Ham's father-in-law asked Ludwig to turn the page. Uh, we definitely probably can't calculate the odds on the number of times that Kyle Whittingham will reference the throw game mm-hmm. or talk about how, in his estimation, something will be done. But the good news is they've got plenty of other great lines and, and opportunities to gamble over there. And I even hesitate to call it gambling because we need, like, like if funning, having fun, wagering. Wagering. That's a great way. Yeah. You know, working. Uh, you know, this best way to make this hobby uh, 
productive is get over there to betonline.ag. If only, Jake, if only they gave you some benefit to signing up. Oh, they do give you benefit. There's a 50% <gasps> welcome bonus. I know, shocking. Those of you that are long-time listeners, this is nothing new to you guys. But those of you who happen to be new, you can get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Get to betonline.ag. While you're there, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and get a 50% welcome bonus. Free money to bet with. It's all courtesy of your friends at BetOnline, as they are your online sportsbook experts. Brian, let's take a minute and kind of step away from the field for a little bit. It is something that's going to affect the on-field play of college football this year. But some news yesterday of Quinn Ewers. He is a product out of the, out of Texas that is going to Ohio State as a quarterback. Super highly thought of prospect. A guy who is undoubtedly one of the top quarterback prospects in recent memory. He's going to be a Buckeye. But he decided he is graduating early from high school. Going to enroll at uh, Ohio State for this upcoming season. And the reason for it ostensibly is to take advantage of the name, image, and likeness rules that are now in effect. There is some thought that he could sign thousands of dollars of endorsement deals with name, image, and likeness. This is a really, really unprecedented scenario, and I'm very intrigued by how it's all going to shake out. What are your thoughts initially? Well, I think it's it's going to be the evolution of things initially that the off-the-field opportunities may take a little bit of precedent, precedence to the on-the-field. Now, Quinn Ewer is obviously a very uh, unique circumstance because there's just not talent like him out there all across the country, right? Like He is the Elite 11 finalist. He was a five-star quarterback. He was the crown jewel of Ohio State's recruiting class. He also had some deal for a kombucha company that wants to pay him seven, six or seven figures, however much it is. Uh, I, my curiosity is this, Jake. If you're a player that's comparing two schools, and, and I hate to pick on the Big 12, but I think now's as good a time as ever. Uh, you know, If you're choosing between Utah and Baylor, because that's a program, two programs have gone to head-to-head, does the fact that Utah has access to the Pac-12 network and the Pac-12 network is committing themselves to helping athletes promote their name, image, and likeness, is that a draw for you? Uh, Is coming to the Salt Lake Valley and and having opportunities here in a very tight-knit community where it's the legends never die here. Is that something that's really a draw to you? You know, where people adore and and cherish these people is becoming the next mayor of Sac Lake City. Uh, brought to you by Ziploc bags. Is that something that's important to you? You know, and so I think that's the fan, uh, the the interesting aspect of this conversation um, to see where this really goes. And I don't know that there's necessarily an answer right now. Um, but when you look at what the Pac-12 footprint has, I think the uniqueness of it becomes more and more valuable. And I think it's just really, if nothing else, like this is really like reassuring to those who listened to George Klyavkov's comments and thought, uh, is he up in the night? And no, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. And I think the big determining factor in all of that, Brian, is really – a guy like Quinn Ewers, he's going from Texas to Ohio State. Let's say you have a guy who grows up here in Utah, understands the market, wants to be a hometown hero. I know Utah has used that as one of their slogans over the years for the guys who have decided to stay here in state. I really do think what your priorities are and where you ultimately want to end up is kind of the big storyline with regards to determining what you're going to do. Quinn Ewers, he's a 
national prospect. He's going to have endorsement deals from all over the country simply due to the fact that Ohio State is a national program. Utah, this is in no way, shape, or form a denigration of the Utes. They're not on the same level as Ohio State. But here locally, the Utes resonate absolutely incredibly well. So a guy who happens to grow up here in Utah, maybe in the Salt Lake Valley, doesn't want to go very far for school, wants to play for his hometown team, and then is able to capitalize on the fact that people already know who he is from the prep ranks while he's at Utah and he can benefit from that financially, that's a win-win-win all the way around, I feel like. And I think it's, it's a little apples to oranges with regards to the Quinn Ewers situation and comparing it to a kid growing up in Utah. But at the same time, there are all kinds of opportunities out there for these young men, and I'm hoping that all of them, and, and even the young women out there, even in the other non-revenue sports, I hope they pursue them to the fullest extent possible. That's the the biggest hope is that these athletes take advantage of what they are, what has been opened up to them. I thought it was really fascinating to listen to the Stanford athletes at the Pac-12 Media Days talk about how they had plans organized. I think that's the advantage of going to a school like Utah, right? They're really going to commit resources to making sure that, hey, we may not be able to provide you with a fat check that you get at Alabama, but we're going to give you the skills, the network, the strategies that are going to make you uh, popular or, or or build your network for the next 20 to 30 years. Do you really think that Nick Saban gives a darn about any of that or the Alabama fans for that matter? Uh, no. They just want rings. That's all they want is championships. And so I think these are aspects of the Utah program that they've already figured out and are willing to sell. I think that's the advantage that you come with having programs in, in Utah where maybe we're a little bit more modest on some, some respects and uh, but on the other hand, like the devout, loyal, all those kinds of words that we get thrown at us, whether we want them or not, right? Uh, like they come in handy in these moments. So you're going to have to sell the right athlete, but it's the kind of athlete that you want being sold on those kinds of things anyways, right? Yeah, that's, and that's the thing is you, these are the type of athletes that you want being the spokespersons for whether it's your company or being kind of that leader for your program. Those are the folks you want leading the way. So, yeah, I think it's it, it's an interesting situation all the way around. I, I think that, And, by the way, the thing on the Quinn Ewers thing – a lot of people are saying that this could become the norm. <laughs> Brian, count me skeptical that this is going to be the norm. I think this is going to be kind of the exception. It'll happen every so often. There will be a prospect who is head and shoulders above everybody else who will be able to command a significant amount of money, and he'll chase that. But don't count me as thinking that this is going to become a thing that happens, I think, even every year. First of all, it's Texas, and those people are bonkers when it comes to high school football. Second, there are parts to Quinn Ewers that I think as we're talking about this and discussing, you know, he's got a blonde mullet, and, and the kid's got some real charisma to him. Uh -huh. Like, I will give him credit. There's not a lot of high school kids that have that kind of gumption and, and that attitude and, and that charismatic demeanor that he does and, and can grow that beautiful of a mullet. But that's the kind of thing to where it's, you know, this is a random carryover, but... Same thing with cross games, right? The, yeah. the guy who wins it, I can't remember his name. Uh, Medeiros, I think, is uh, is his last name. But he's got a beautiful mullet going on, too. Um, there's only one or two guys that can really do that, right, and pull it off. Well, Mike Gundy, uh, he shaved his off because I think he just had to get out of the game. So, you know, 
Very few people can do it, and Quinn Ewers apparently is one of them. So very interesting situation all the way around, but I think you and I are both in agreement that Quinn Ewers' situation, it's a little different overall as compared to what we're seeing uh, play out uh, here locally with Utah. It's fun to see guys take advantage of these name, image, and likeness deals. I just feel like it's a little different with regards to localized localized programs like Utah versus maybe more of a national program, the caliber of Ohio State. But interesting conversation nonetheless. We wanted to kind of weigh in on that just for a minute here on the podcast. We will wrap up today's show, though, with a really heartwarming story. Uh, I think something that, uh, should we say, something's cooking, Brian, that is going to, I think, bring one of Utah's biggest names. And I, this is if, if you don't know this player's name by now, You've been living under a rock. We'll talk more about that. Today, yeah, if you don't know him by now, you will never, never know him. <laughs> good point. Today's show, though, is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Rock Auto. They're the title sponsor of today's podcast. Brian and I have both used this resource in the past. The best part about Rock Auto, Brian, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is the fact that they want to save you money. Like There are a lot of companies out there who are willing just to take your money and say, well, here's the price. We'll just take it and run. Rock Auto, they want to make it simple for you guys, but they also want to leave some dough in your pocket after they help you out. They don't want to make you some member to some club. They don't want to make you have to pay money up front. They're there to cater to everyone, both the casual wrench turner in their driveway and the professional. They One price, one for all, all for one. It's a very musketeer endeavor, but maybe that's because they're a family-owned business that's been doing this for over 20 years, Jake. Yeah, that's the best part about it. This is a company that knows their roots. They stick to them, and they, they just want to make it simple for you guys. The best part about it is is their website really easy to navigate. You look up your vehicle, you find the year, the model to make, and then it has every part under the sun from all the different manufacturers that are available, and then you get to pick what you want, order it, and it's shipped directly to your door. So check it out, guys. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Write Locked On or Locked On Utes in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know the we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car truck or suv will ever need check them out online now at rockauto.com as we round out this tuesday edition of the locked on utes podcast let's pause for a moment and talk about two different utah football players doing some very interesting things off the field brian should we talk food or art first well, food is art to me, so I think we're going to start with the uh, the truest form of, of culinary inspiration. And this one has a bit of a uh, heartwarming touch to it as well. And if you think that we're talking about anybody other than Nick Ford when it comes to food and, and Utah football, then you're probably a little confused about where you're at right now as well. So maybe find a friend, uh, c- contact an adult, not me because I don't qualify, but uh, set the stage for everybody, Jake, on, on what exactly happened with Nick Ford. So Nick Ford, if you guys, as Brian said, are unaware, this is a young man who's got a proclivity to be just an absolute wizard when it comes to the kitchen. Well, he decided to do some good with that culinary skill he has been blessed with. And he he whipped up, is it 100 dinners? I think it was 100 dinners for the Utah Foster uh, community and handed them out over the weekend. This was an absolutely incredible gesture by this young man, and it just goes more to speak to the character of Nick Ford. He is one of my favorite interviews on this team, and that's nothing against any other player on this in this program, not on this team or in this program. I tried to mix those two together, but 
this just goes to show what this young man is all about. He is about more than just playing football. And this is a kid, by the way, who is going to go on to make a lot of money in the pro ranks if I have to bet my money on it because he is a very good football player, but apparently an even better human being off the field. Yeah, it was 100 meals for families involved with the Utah foster care program. Uh, and in conjunction with a couple different people, I believe that Chad Fotheringham, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Padre Endo Jamon on Twitter, uh, father to uh, our heavenly Fotheringham, Cole, uh, was there and participating in, in conjunction with Stevenson Sylvester and his athlete Strong. You know, I, I don't know how many people knew that Sly used to hand out burritos and sandwiches and all sorts of things at the homeless population down at Pioneer Park for a long, long time. So they all kind of collaborated together, and I'll give a shout-out to uh, Block Party U and Michelle Bodkin, who was a big part of getting everything connected um, and, and really did something special. And, and they documented it and put together these 100 meals for families. And it's one of those things that, you know, this isn't going to benefit Nick Ford financially, but the amount of good karma and, and goodwill and, and positivity that it banked for him is going to be endless. It's these kinds of actions that, that make everybody cheer for you. Like you were saying, we all love Nick. We love to talk to Nick. This is one of those things where you're going to be pulling for him and doing everything, every single thing that you can. So if he ever gets drafted by, oh, I don't know, the New York Jets or something, <laughs> I might actually have to buy some Jets gear to support him and, and, and petition to get a new Nick Ford jersey and. It's a little bit of conflicting, right? Because when you're in media, you don't want to really cross too many of those lines. But darn it, when players do things like this, it, it changes it, right? It makes it a personal relationship. And, and you and I have both been lucky enough to interact with Nick and, and know what a great kid he is. So it's a really positive story, and we want to try and promote and amplify that message you know, and really just sell the fact that when you do these kinds of things, what you really build, the goodwill that you build and develop, that it's so much longer lasting than maybe, you know, a $50 gift card or something like that here and there. There's no doubt about that. So tip of the cap to Nick Ford. And one other note before we go, on the art side of things, and I'm with you, Brian, I know that uh, food is art, but legit art. This is really, really cool. Uh, freshman quarterback Peter Castelli putting out on social media yesterday that he is selling some of the artwork he is doing. And, okay, folks, before I tell you what he does these paintings with or how he does these paintings, I would encourage you to go to social media, go to Twitter, look him up on Twitter, and see what he does. Because what he's doing with spray paint is absolutely incredible. It is, and I I told you about it because I had seen it earlier, and and I could see the look on your face like oh, spray paint, but then you look at these; they're truly art. Like yeah. it is beautiful stuff that he's doing. Uh, there's one in particular I got my eye on, so there could be some bidding wars. Who knows? Uh, but just another example of what we get to see with these kids, and that's part of the college experience, right? They have skills and talents that they should be celebrating, but for so long now they've had to kind of keep buried or or not really. Uh, Benny had an opportunity to promote, and now they do. That's the one of sometimes the few benefits of social media. But the more that we can do to highlight and, and showcase that, I think the better for them and for us. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. It was really, really cool because I'm I, you're, you're not kidding, Brian. When you said spray paint, I'm like, oh, great. What is this going to look like? But, man, if you're doing this with spray paint, that it's incredible. I, I, I just need you, folks – Go check it out on social media. Don't take uh, us saying spray paint and be like, okay, yeah, whatever. Absolutely incredible. And I was as stunned as anybody when I saw that artwork. 
Yeah, there's one that's a, a samurai picture and, and has the, the cherry blossoms going on. There's one that's got a beautiful rhino out on the African savanna. And this sounds crazy, but, like, you go look at it. It has a very, like, artistic, almost uh, anime feel to it. And, and just when you think that somebody could do that with spray paint, and I have no idea what kind of – I doubt he's out there just with, you know, the same old Krylon that you and I are <laughs> painting the, the fence with. But um, it, it really is a talent and, and beautiful stuff. And, and I think it, it shows a side of a kid in Peter Costelli that we really haven't seen yet because – all we really know about him is he loves to work out. Yeah, he does. There's no doubt about that. But really cool to see these young men from the Utah football program both benefiting the community in multiple ways. And it's just it, it's really, really cool to see. So that'll do it for this edition of the show. But, Brian, as always, you get the final word. What do you have for our listeners? Jake, it's just the countdown is on, right? We are on officially into the 48-hour rule as fall camp starts on Wednesday. Let's do this thing. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll be along the way covering it every single day, so make sure you join us right here on Locked on Utes every day as well. Hit that follow or subscribe button. Also, leave us a rating and review, and follow the show on social media, on Twitter, at Locked on Utes, or reach out via email, LockedOnUtes at gmail.com. Until tomorrow, this has been the Locked on Utes podcast for August 3rd, 2021.